We are staying in contact. I'm London Mitchell. Individuals with disabilities want full inclusion in our communities to have unrestricted access to residential settings, employment, and social activities. But often, it is our own attitudinal barriers that stand in the way. My guest is Tim Tegge, a spokesperson for the Sight Center of Northwest Ohio. He himself has limited vision and so can speak to the misperceptions many of us have about individuals with disabilities. I think we need to consider how we, how people differently are involved in, in society, you know, um, and, and expand the way we might perceive that involvement to, you know, to look like, or to, to sound like, or to feel like, um, and to, and no pun intended, but maybe more of us need to take off the blinders, um, you know, to the way we would expect someone to be involved. Um, I, I think it's interesting, you know, just, just to have my own life experiences as with a vision impairment, yet I've, I'm also guilty of not being aware of other other people's um, uh, you know disabilities or or conditions that might um, that I might be hindering involvement. You know, my, so I think each of us needs to kind of look at what we're bringing to the situation. And, and am I open minded? Am I willing to learn? Am I willing to um, you know explore new ways of thinking about uh, my world and how to make it more accessible? Do you have any anecdotes, either personal or from your professional experience, to reinforce that idea? Uh, one, one I this is a negative one, but it just stood out to me so much that I went, I was at a meeting one time in a previous job years ago, and no one asked me how, like, what format of, you know, what the agenda, the printed agenda, uh, you know, how I might best handle that or what I preferred. Um, cause I use a magnifier, a pocket magnifier for nearly everything, even large font, um, uh, you know, the kind of font that shows up in birthday cards. I still need a magnifier to read those. Um, and so the, the, uh, meeting organizer, uh, who I worked for, they br brought out this large, like poster size agenda that they had printed off. And it was, uh, at the time it was very, I was, felt very uncomfortable because, uh, the meeting was about to start. They were and they brought out this large, large agenda, and it felt like it drew a lot of attention to me that I wasn't prepared for and wasn't interested in. Um, and the reality was I still needed my magnifier, you know, to read that large print agenda. So they could have gotten me just a normal agenda, which I would have been able to read with my magnifier, but they didn't bother to ask me. So it stood out. Um, it was awkward. It was uncomfortable for me, and it could have been avoided by simply asking, Hey, what's your preferred format? You know? And, and I was said, don't, don't worry about making any special recs, uh, you know, accommodations for this particular thing, because I don't need them, but there's other times where I, I do need, you know, something modified or larger format or digital, that kind of thing. But that taught me a lot about, you know, maybe asking others, is there something specific, you know, how, how can I best accommodate your needs? And that really seems to, uh, to reinforce the idea that uh, individuals they may have an, a disability can still be contributing, uh, but you don't want to necessarily make them self-conscious. 
Right. Um, I'm more than, as, as you know, I'm more than happy to talk about my vision impairment. Um, and, but, but in that particular example, it just uh, felt like I was being kind of singled out uh, in a, in a way, or at least I wasn't prepared for it. And it just made me very awkward. Um, you know, but I think we need to be a little more sensitive um, in me included, you know, that, uh, you can't always visually tell if somebody has something going on in their world, whether it's a hearing impairment, a vision impairment, uh, any other type of, uh, you know, impairment um, that, that you can't always tell. And so let's give a little more benefit of the doubt and, and be a little more curious and inquisitive rather than, you know, lump, jumping to conclusions, um, things like that. Let's talk about mission for the site center. Yeah, the 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 mission for the site center um, and it's changed subtly over the, the decades. We're about 99 years old, but it's uh, our mission has pretty much remained the same. And that's to empower independence and enrich the lives of people who are blind or visually impaired. Um, so we try to do that in a lot of different ways, but uh, uh, providing, you know, the rehabilitation services, one-on-one kind of services that help people learn to cook, clean, manage medications, organize their finances, um, and to do those things that they would normally do with, you know, that they might be used to doing with their vision um, and helping them to do it without the vision that they're used to um, using iPhones and, you know, smartphones, tablets, desktop PCs um, to stay connected to information, to, um, to family and friends, to opportunities and to, you know, to um, use those things to navigate and do other things in their lives as well. Um, learning how to navigate with the white cane or just more safely navigate the home or work environment. Uh, so those are some of the things that we work individually on with people. Um, but we also enrich the lives of, of others through support groups, through information that we provide at ease and kind of um, um, experiential events that we, we serve to advocate on behalf of uh, people with, with a vision impairment um, in general, just to, to make sure that our communities to people who, who don't see well and have a permanent vision loss. You, you mentioned uh, computers and iPhones. I would imagine this new technology is expanding horizons for a lot of people. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's opening new doors and new windows and new everything's blowing the roof off of some things even, but um, the ability to um, access information um, and that can be any, anything. It can be, you know, um, print, it can be directions, um, you name it, colors, things that can be identified by computers these days, um, facial recognition, et cetera. Et cetera. But um, for me, the biggest thing has been the, the ability to uh, access printed information. Uh, most things nowadays are being produced in a digital format so they can be accessed in a digital format, which means my, uh, my phone can read them to me. Um, but one of the coolest things is the, some of the, the software, the apps now that um, can convert printed, printed uh, letters into audio. So as an example, I was at a, a World War II Memorial or museum down in New Orleans a few years ago. And um, I normally hate going to museums because of all the reading that's involved, but um, I tried this new app that was uh, um, called Seeing AI that Microsoft makes, 
for Apple products, which is interesting. Um, and it converted, I could just use my, my phone and put my earbuds in and hold the camera over the words and it would read that to me. So um, it takes character recognition and the cloud and all of that uh, to, to quickly just convert the print to speech. And so I was able to navigate through the, the museum at my pace and reading the things I wanted to read. And it was a one of the first times I've thoroughly enjoyed going to a museum and, and getting to take in all the, the printed material that I uh, normally get to either overlook or have someone else read to me. Let's, let's imagine somebody coming to the site center for the very first time. Uh, how do you greet somebody who's suddenly got a vision impairment or they've lost their sight altogether when they've went up to that point, they've had uh vision now they don't how do you how do you bring them into your fold so to speak well that's a, that's a good question and i think you know that that's one of the areas where um like i personally work on i, I don't work with our clients in that uh in that's part of what we do but our staff that do that are they're all certified and trained um in vision rehabilitation in whatever capacity, whether that's case management or whether it's, you know, doing the mobility or the, the, the low vision uh, optometrist. And they're all trained and certified in, um, you know, how to, how to help people uh, through the vision rehabilitation process. And part of that, uh, you know, that training is, there's a sensitivity. And uh, I think, you know, being aware of, of what that, person's world might feel like and might look like to them makes it uh, easier for us to respond to that. As an example, sighted guide training is something that we routinely, um, you know, make available to, to teach people. Basically, how do you guide someone who is blind or visually impaired as a sighted guide? And there's things you do and there's things you don't do. You don't just grab somebody's elbow and say, come here, you know, and I'll, I'll show you, you, you ask questions, you offer assistance and um, you kind of explore and everybody's different. So some people may come in with a, you know, with the same uh, eye condition. They may have just lost their vision, two different people. And one may be like scared to take the next step. And one may be say, give me what you got. I'm ready to, I'm ready to take this new challenge on. And that's part of, um, you know, just taking each person individually and trying to understand where they're coming from. I'm London Mitchell. We are in contact this morning with Tim Teggy from the Sight Center of Northwest Ohio. Tim, in addition to your trained staff, I would assume there is also a need for volunteers. We do, and we do have some volunteers that work on the, um, you know, at the front at the front end when somebody first comes in the door. Um, we have a, a you know volunteer that uh, greets them and welcomes them in. And that's a big part of the process. Um, and it's part of why we have uh, tried to make our, our lobby as warm and inviting as possible. Um, it, it's, it's, we don't want it to feel like it's a sterile um, clinic. It's, it's bright and colorful and there's some, uh, you know, great murals and artwork on the walls and, uh, you know, comfy chairs and a conversational kind of style um, of arrangement, but it's, um, we want people to feel comfortable. Like, like this is the, you know, a, a good next step in my vision loss journey. Um, and I think the shop 
at the site center, the retail store that we, we opened about six or seven years ago, that's made a huge difference um, because that is open to the public. People can come in and look for a magnifier or a talking thermometer, you know, like a talking thermometer, talking uh, gadget, uh, kitchen items, uh, lighted uh, task lighting and things like that. And they can look around and, and get an idea of all the things, all the tools that are available. And it uh, sometimes just seeing that and experiencing that can be a, a great first step into the world of like what's possible. For information on the Site Center, you do have a web page. We do. It's sitecenternwo.org. And our phone number is 419 um, 720 3937. Let me ask you uh, real quickly it's the Site Center of Northwest Ohio, correct? Correct. So, how big an area is it that uh, you reach out to? We, uh, it's a rather extensive area. Um, there are only three organizations like ours in the entire state. Cincinnati has one, Cleveland has one, and the site center of Northwest Ohio. And being a more rural area, uh, you know, outside of Lucas County, we serve um, like comprehensive services we provide to 18 counties from uh, the Indiana border, from Bryan, Defiance, uh, you know, all the way east to Sandusky and south down to Lima. Um, so we, we cover those 18 counties. We also provide some services beyond those counties as needed. Um, and we have someone working in central Ohio who provides, you know, more of the one-on-one -on -one, uh, rehabilitation services to clients down in parts of central Ohio as well. So our service area is rather extensive and the service providers, uh, I think last year put over 40,000 miles on on the vehicles to, to provide in-home services, which is something that a lot of people aren't aware that we do. Um, they might have the first low vision exam here, but uh, other services can be provided in the home. So we try to remove those barriers of transportation that exist for people uh, like me who can't drive. Sounds good. Last word is yours, Tim. I would like to, you know, invite anybody out there who's, who's listening to your program to, um, you know, to contact the site center. If you know somebody, uh, if you or someone you know is experiencing permanent vision loss at whatever age, uh, from birth to old age, anytime that they're experiencing uh, macular degeneration, diabetic retinopathy, glaucoma, get connected with us, ask some questions and get, get people into this world quicker because the, the quicker you can get into the, to learning some of the, um, adaptations, uh, I think the better that transition is going to be. Tim Teggy from the Site Center of Northwest Ohio. Thanks, Tim, for spending some time with us. The website address again is sitecenternwo.org. That's our program for this week. Please join us again at the same time next week when we will again be staying in contact. And don't forget to stay in touch through my website, londonmitchell.news.